And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. The best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. The Twitter handle for the show is at HEFpod. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, English language news covering the Untracked can be found there. That's facebook.com slash HEFpod. You can also email the show. That is at uh, heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. So, don't usually do this show alone. Uh, we do have a special guest who will be joining us to discuss um, Eintracht's European adventures against Inter Milan. But in the meantime, doing uh, Eintracht coverage uh, single-handed here as everyone is out on assignment or traveling at present time. So, Eintracht versus Hoffenheim. Uh, 3-2 victory for the Eintracht. Uh, let's get more down to what really happened. So, uh, we happened to get rather lucky in that very first goal. Just dink right off the head. <laughs> uh, the deflected goal right there. It was kind of a kick in the teeth, I will say this much. Uh, uh, Adam Salazai uh, getting uh, substituted on. He had an immediate impact for Hoffenheim because within 10 minutes, uh, Hoffenheim had gotten their equalizer. Um, let's be honest. Uh the Eintracht was looking just a little bit tired uh, and a little bit moving a little bit more sluggishly than we had moved, uh, say, against Shakhtar Donetsk. And go figure that get hit on the counterattack, voila, uh, Hoffenheim then is able to plop one right in. Yeah, well, happens. So down two to one by Kasim Adams is stupid. And gets a needless yellow card. Look, the foul there, that was a card worthy anyways. You would have thought that he was being smart. Hey, look, we took advantage of it. Uh, you know, a couple substitutions that had been going on. Uh, Jovic coming on for Rebic. Uh, Willems on for Toure. Uh, Paciencia on for Rolde. So, Eintracht had been pushing, pushing, pushing forward. And... The Eintracht had not yet been able to find the equalizer. And then, right off of a quick corner, Sebastian Allaire puts one right in between, in the net at the 89th minute. Talk about key. So we're talking, hey, we now have a point. Why not go for Brook? Because let's be honest, if anyone has paid attention to Hoffenheim this year, they very much have been a team that concedes goals. And so... What did the Eintracht do? They poured the heat on just that little bit more, and go figure. Another goal in the second half. <sighs> Paciencia, first ever goal for the Eintracht. Assist goes to Alea. I mean, fifth minute of added time. Needless to say, could not have come at a later time in the match, but hey. At the end of the day, three points are three points. The Eintracht comes away with a really solid victory. Hoffenheim would definitely have uh, moved right above us, uh, right next to us in the standings. Had uh, the two to one victory, had the two to one result held up. Had we stuck to just the draw, we would be currently in eighth. Instead, with the victory, we are now in fifth, three points behind Borussia Mönchengladbach on forty-three points. And 
one point above the likes of Leverkusen and Wolfsburg, who are both on 39 points in 6th and 7th place. So, needless to say, Eintracht's in a brilliant position now to shoot out the table, because in case anyone did not notice, and this is my little rant over to the Bundesliga just for a tiny bit, um, with stuff that's been going on in the Bundesliga, uh, it's kind of weird, Dortmund and Munich kind of being level on things, but Mönchengladbach has been dropping points like crazy, their last good result was a draw against us, they have lost multiple matches in a row, and now are just right there for the picking, and with kind of what I can expect from the Bundesliga overall is that, you know, you can't sit on your butt and just think, oh, yeah, things are just going to turn out fine. Dortmund had a nine-point lead in the league, and guess what? Now they only have a lead based on goal difference uh, because they have been drawing matches left, right, and center and also losing two teams like Augsburg. So for the Eintracht, uh, uh, Monday match against Dusseldorf is next up. I hate Monday matches, but the thing is it's a team that is going to be very difficult for us to break down. But we can get into that a little bit later in the week in an episode 86 of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast when we review everything that happened with the Eintracht Inter match. So our current placement in fifth place, Mönchengladbach, maybe they'll lose to Mainz, maybe they won't. But the thing is, against Dusseldorf, the Eintracht is in a great position to be able to shoot right up the table. Uh, I think Leipzig is going to be a tough ask for us to catch. But I do think the likes of Dortmund and Munich will lose points, and who knows, maybe Leipzig will catch up with them. I do think that the top for Eintracht, the ceiling that we are probably to reach, is going to be uh, fourth place, and why not pour the heat onto everybody? Because right now, the Eintracht has a great they're in a great position at present. Uh, let's go over what the Eintracht has coming up. So uh, Monday, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt will be taking on Dusseldorf. Now, this is going to be on the road, and Dusseldorf is coming off of a good few results of late, but it doesn't stop there. So right before the international break, uh, right after the second leg of the Europa League, uh, Eintracht hosts Nuremberg. Uh, then you go on to the March international break or turn back with a home match against Stuttgart. We then go away to Schalke Nofia, and then we go home to Augsburg. Now, uh, times and date not 100% settled in terms of uh, match day 29 and onwards. Uh, well, obviously minus uh, match day 33 and 34, which every match is played at the same time, but you know the likes of Dusseldorf, Nuremberg, Stuttgart, Schalke, Augsburg, Eintracht can definitely take advantage of all five of those matches and be able to get 15 points. I honestly believe that is 100% possible. But then, you know, okay. So then it gets ramps right back to being a difficult sort of thing uh, with away to Wolfsburg, home to Hertha, away to Leverkusen, home to Mainz, and then away to Munich on the final match day. So uh, the chances of us reaching the Champions League are very high indeed. So that being said, uh, let's get to segment two, where we'll be talking a little bit about news and notes for the Eintracht, and then segment three will be all about our conversation uh, covering uh, the Eintracht uh, impending matches with Inter Milan. Stay with Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, looking at some of the news and notes that have been kind of coming down. Um, looks like there it 
there can be Centifa display that will be uh, going on for the Eintracht, uh, though there is some kind of interesting uh, transfer rumors that are starting to come down. So uh, Ke the Kevin Trapp, will he sign for us? Will he not? You know, he did just change his agent, so needless to say, uh, they might be wanting to get a little bit more uh, money out of that. Uh, he seems to be happy at present, but the fact of the matter is, he also understands that, you know, things are always changing, and, you know, he might be able to earn his, due to his performance with the Eintracht, that might be enough to convince the people at Paris Saint-Germain that, you know, he might be worth giving a second shot at uh, the starting position for the expected French champions, the reigning French champions, I should also say. Uh, so then that kind of brings into question, do we go with Ronald? There's a link now uh, with uh, President Liverpool keeper. He's on loan right now uh, at Besiktas in the uh, Turkish Super League, but Lorias Karas, um, yes, the same goalkeeper who had a little bit of a nightmare of a game. In the Champions League final, in case anyone did not watch that, it was a hey look, yeah, mistakes happen. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, we should be uh, we should be fine for our position in the keeper department. It's we're in a position of strength. We have good options available. Rono would be is a good backup option. I think he would also become he would also be a good starting option. Kevin Trump, uh, go with what you know. And we know him to be a very good keeper. And then, but then, uh, there have been moments that I have scratched my head and wondered. But you know, hey, no one's perfect. And you know, if links to Lores Caros are you know indeed correct, then hey, that's a good level keeper. We've we've seen we've known him in the Bundesliga to be a good quality keeper. And I'd like to think that uh, we will uh, we'll be able to get some good work out of him. So, uh, injury concerns uh, for Eintracht versus Inter is Rebic is looking uh, looks to have a little bit of a knee issue currently uh, in Serbia, getting that looked at at presently. Um, paciencia. Uh, I mean, the kid, you know, the kid has got full confidence now that he's got his first goal under him. So. I would think this is a perfect time for the Eintracht to be able to kind of change things up, give some other players some opportunities, and I think he is going to be a good opportunity for the Eintracht uh, going forward. So here's hoping that will be uh, good for us, and uh, why not? I mean, he at least we bought him, and uh, you know he is at least adapting, getting the opportunities, and adapting to the Bundesliga game, which is a little bit different than what he experienced in Portugal. So, another little note that has come across the desk. Uh, looks that uh, Eintracht, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, have lost their under-19 coach, uh, Tomislav uh, Stiptik, uh, who will be joining Grasshopper Zurich. So... You know, best of luck to him. Uh, he's going to be taking on the full head coaching reins over there. Uh, for me, I consider this to be a sign that, hey, Eintracht has been hiring good coaches. And, you know, that means that our hiring uh, kind of strategy is working and that we are bringing in good people. Uh, otherwise, you know, no one would want to bring him in. So 
think that's kind of a good sign of where Eintracht has been headed overall. But let's be honest. Uh, the U19 coach, so you you just kind of never know uh, if a guy will be able to come good later in life. So if you know, if say Adi Hutter does leave and uh, stuff is and you know, hey, maybe he maybe at uh, Zurich he's uh, uh, stipulated is able to become a good, co- you know, proves himself to be a good coach. Uh, it's one of the bigger teams in uh, uh, Switzerland, uh, if memory serves. Um, you know, maybe if he has proven himself to get that team uh, in line to possibly win the Swiss title or at least competing for the European places for the country, then, hey, why not uh, give him an opportunity with the Eintracht? But this is, I mean, we're talking way down the line, let's be honest, because we want to talk about the here and now. And so that all being said, uh, let's take a look at uh, and move on to segment three, where we're going to be talking all about Eintracht in the Europa League and uh, enjoy uh, our discussion uh, covering the Eintracht versus Inter Milan. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in just a bit to wrap things up. Eintracht Frankfurt to talk about uh, Eintracht versus Inter Milan. Uh, I've got a gentleman who here who does know his way around the Serie A. It's Marco in Toronto, host of the Stereo Serie A podcast. Marco, hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you uh, for having me on. It's always a pleasure. No problem at all. Inter Milan, Serie A. Quite an interesting kind of tale of, I would almost say, two seasons that they're presently in right now. Uh, Inter, until the very end, it looked like that they were going into the knockout phase of the Champions League. Uh, then, you know, matches didn't hold for them. They ended up in the Europa League. Every, I would almost come back to uh, middle, middle November as a kind of turning point, Inter had been on such a strong run in their in their start to the season, and things have kind of tailed off just a tiny bit. I mean, uh, they were able to get the Derby win earlier in the midseason, but I mean now they're stuttering. Now they're in the Europa League. They have just lost to Cagliari. Uh, on the road, most recently in the Serie A. What has been going on with Inter Milan that has gotten them from a team that looked like they were going through into the Champions League knockout phase to now dropping down to fourth in the Serie A table and in the Europa League? Uh, well, Inter is going to enter, I guess. Um, because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this isn't the first time we've seen them stumble in the second half of the of the campaign. And, um the funny thing with the Champions League is that at the end of the day, Barcelona did their bit when they didn't even have to. It's just Milan couldn't get the job done at home. I mean, Inter, sorry, couldn't get the job done at home, which um, had to be frustrating for their fans and supporters. But um, at the end of the day, I, I don't think they had a deep enough or the quality needed, uh, sorry, deep enough squad or the quality needed to go deep into the Champions League. So Europa League isn't necessarily a bad spot for them to be in because it's competition that realistically, um, I do think that they have a shot at winning, um, but given their stumbles in Serie A lately and recently, um, I don't know if if we're going to see the Inter that Inter needs to be in the Europa League to be in 
to be able to win this because now all of a sudden, like you mentioned, they find themselves in fourth and on the cusp of falling out of the Champions League picture. Um, they're th- only three points ahead of Roma, six ahead of Lazio with Lazio having a game in hand. So they can only be three points up on Lazio and there's still 12 games to go in Serie A. Um, and that has to be their priority because, yeah, it's nice to do well in, in Europe and you want to do well in the Europa League. But if they don't get back to Champions League next year and get that revenue that comes with it, uh, they could be in a lot of trouble. So um, I think that's where um, their head's at right now. And, and I think that's where their mentality is. But we'll see what happens on Thursday because it, it'll be an interesting match. They have a pretty well-seasoned uh, Italian manager in Luciano Spalletti, who is in charge of the club and has, you know, has a long track record of uh, managing top sides from Roma, St. Petersburg, and now at Inter as well. He has the resume. He's got the experience to be able to kind of navigate uh, tough situations like this. But I'm just kind of scratching my head and wondering uh, what. Is this Inter being Inter? It, are tactics not coming through? Or is there something else at hand that is uh, kind of messing everything around? <laughs> I wonder what you're referring to. Um, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of question marks, period. Um, and there's a lot of talk of Spalletti and whether he'll be back next year. And, and, you know, you already hear rumors of Mourinho, which you hear every year, and whatever the case may be. I, I don't think Spalletti is The one place he can return to. The, yeah, that he's still, yeah, <laughs> that he's still loved at, right? Because Lord knows that's not the case at Chelsea anymore. And man, you, he was never loved. And Real Madrid, there, there was even rumors of him going back to Real Madrid, which would just be bizarre too. But regardless, I think... I think there's, again, a lot of question marks surrounding this club. I actually, coming into the campaign, I, I've, I'm i not ashamed to admit, I, I had them finishing second. I thought they would do a lot better in Serie A, um, and I thought they would. I, they had a difficult Champions League group, so I wasn't sure if they would progress, to be honest. But I did think that they would be a lot more competitive in Serie A, and that hasn't been the case. Um, and, and again, you mentioned they stumbled on the weekend against Caledi. They tied Fredentina before that, so... Um, yeah, they spanked Rapid Vienna in, in the last round, but that should have been the case. And again, now that Accardi, we know what's going on there, and we hadn't mentioned his name yet, and I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> to, but um, now that he's not a part of this squad, a lot more of that load up front is falling on Martinez, and, and Martinez showing that he's capable of that and capable of carrying that load. But with that said, he's still young, he's still adapting, um, and I don't think he can play... 90 minutes Europa League, 90 minutes said, yeah, week in, week out. So that's another big question mark going forward. So um, we'll see what happens with this mysterious knee of Icardi and, and whether he returns at all this season because there's a lot of people thinking that he's already played his last game for this club. Indeed. I mean, Mauro Icardi, for those who don't know, uh, captain of Inter, uh, has had that captaincy revoked as well uh, due to a contract issue. Uh, it doesn't help when social when your wife Wanda uh, seems to is your agent and is then you know going to social media and combating right against the club. This is a team that they look they have the talent of in the kind of men who can push forward. You have Latoro Martinez uh, picked up from uh, Racine for a, quite a large fee, so you know he's still adjusting to uh, playing in Serie A. The Europa League is much more different than playing in the Copa Subunda 
Copa Sudamericana or the Copa Libertadores. Let's be honest. I mean, it's a lot on his, a uh, lot kind of riding on him. I mean, you still have Perisic. As he's still kind of in the mix, he's uh, he does has a history uh, with Frankfurt, having played in the Bundesliga most recently uh, for Wolfsburg, in addition to playing for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, I might add an undefeated record against the Eintracht, <laughs> much to uh, Eintracht Frank chagrin, but hey, he's just one player. Um, what I mean, what kind of options does Inter have? I mean, it. You make it sound very much like they are just kind of hoping for the best at this point. Well, I, again, I, I don't want to take anything away from Martinez because I actually thought he's been pretty, pretty good um, in Acardi's absence. And I'm glad you mentioned Perisic because there's, you know, rumors of him and Acardi having a major fallout. And that's, you know, there's rumors of him and Wanda having an affair. And, and there's all kinds of nonsense <laughs> going on up there. And, and it, it's just bizarre. So, I mean, and I, I don't want to sound too pessimistic from an Inter standpoint because I don't think um, they're, even without Acardi, I think they're a capable squad of, uh, you know, potentially being Frankfurt. I think that's going to, it's going to be a, a great battle. Uh, it's going to be a great tie. I, I just don't think they're at full strength, especially if Acardi's gone in. And with all this nonsense around the club right now and, and fighting for a Champions League spot next year. And again, like I mentioned, at one point they were six, if not more points ahead of fourth place. And now that's no longer the case. And they, they were leapfrogged from by Milan this weekend. And Milan looks almost unstoppable at at this point in time. Uh, so again, it's, it's a, a tough time to be an Inter fan. Um, it's a tough time if you're a, an Inter any part of the club because I think again there's a lot of question marks and their schedule gets pretty damn difficult. Um, don't forget that. Okay, yeah, they got Frankfurt this week, uh, and then they got Spall on the weekend, but they got Frankfurt and then Milan. They got that Derby uh, three days after, so I'm sure there's going to be a part of their mind that's on that as well. And then they got Lazio, um, which again could be a huge Champions League decider the week after that. Uh, or two weeks after that because there's international break. But again, there's a lot of important fixtures coming up for Inter, and March is going to be a pivotal month for them, not just the Europa League type, but as well as in Serie A. And um, if they have any chance of getting by Frankfurt, they've got to go and put all their concentration into those two games, and I don't know if they're capable of doing that right now. Mm -hmm. Interesting thoughts. Uh, one thing that I'm kind of curious about, uh, Inter, when it does come to the defense, uh, from what I, from what little serial matches that I've seen of theirs, uh, it, I mean, it seems like the defense has at least at times been well organized, but, you know, it, is it the lack of goals? Is it the, the difficulties in defense? What, what are the kind of, uh, issues that's going to be going down uh, for them because some of the strengths that I've seen, you know, they got a lot of skillful players, uh, but it does seem like when they go up against the, you know, the creme de la creme players of the world that they have sometimes difficulties on a defensive end uh, from uh, shutting those players down. And Eintracht does have a couple of guys who can, uh, uh, once put once put on the field together, can open up some holes on someone's defense. Yeah, and you know what? Listen, Skriniar could be potentially one of the best 
you know, center backs in the league. And there's a lot of people thinking that at one point. I mean, for me, it's not even close. I think Cooley Bally's on another level, but um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of question marks like, all over the squad. I mean, it's, DeVry's filled in nice and, you know, has done well coming to this team in his first year. And as a Moa's looked like a welcome addition, but are these world-class players? I, I don't know. So when they're playing at the best of the best, yeah, you see them struggle sometimes. But with that said, there's a lot of quality on this squad, including on that back end. And, um, you know, it looks like Godin's going to be joining them next season. So that's going to be a- another addition to them. And I know that doesn't really matter uh, for the tie coming up, but but that's a, a nice addition and, and a, already something that they're looking forward to. Because I think on the back end, they've, they've, they've got the talent there, but sometimes there can be a problem when Renokia needs to start, right? So um, I think there's potential uh, and I, you can see the skeleton of a squad that, is really talented. And again, I had this team finishing second coming into the season and that's not going to be the case, but the talent is there. Now it's just putting the pieces together and making it all fit and finding their identity because um, a simple look at the table. I mean, conceding isn't, I mean, yeah, sometimes they concede at the wrong times, but they haven't conceded a crazy amount of goals. I mean, they've only allowed 22 goals on the campaign, which uh, to be honest is actually pretty good in Serie A right now because the there's only two teams who have conceded less than them and that's Juventus and Napoli so that's the I don't know if that's the issue yeah sometimes scoring but it's consistency at the end of the day they're not a consistent team um and that's their biggest problem so again that's that's why March and the next two three weeks are going to be so important for this club because the Europa League tie and then as well as in Serie A and it's prioritizing one or the other. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how Milan lines up on Thursday or how Inter lines up on Thursday. Indeed, because this is the only match uh, in the Europa League where you uh, have, for the round of 16, that you have two former winners uh, in Inter and Eintracht. Uh, kind of gives a sexy zing to it, in addition to the fact that uh, the Eintracht fans have made sure that everybody in European soccer uh, recognizes that when they are on the away trip, that it is a carnival-like atmosphere due to the amount of fans that they bring. So, Marco, we've talked about kind of what's been going on with Inter. Let's kind of let's get let's put our names down on let's put it down on the line. What's uh? What are we expecting? What's our predictions here? Oh, <laughs> um, for leg one or for both legs? Uh, let's let's shoot for let's shoot for the stars here. Uh, what we expect from leg one and leg two? So for leg one, <laughs> uh, that'll be interesting. But I I think it's it's going to be a a difficult trip for Inter to make. Um, and again, we saw them stumble on the weekend. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go two, one for the home side, <laughs> two, one to the Eintracht. Uh, I do think that despite the fact that it does look like Ante Rebich is now out for the Eintracht. So, uh, one of the three big pieces when it does come to the Eintracht attack, I do think that Eintracht will come away with the victory. I do don't think Eintracht will actually be conceded. I think that they'll benefit from the fact that, uh, like you said, you know, a lot riding on players who are kind of 
coming in, coming out. Akardi doesn't seem to be a thing. Martinez, that's a lot of stress to be placing on one player and playing twice a week. And this kind of intensity is something that he has not been used to. I do think that Eintracht will come away with a 2-0 victory. And Marco, what are you thinking for the entire tie? Uh, Once it goes down to Milan... Is Milan going to be moving on to the quarterfinals, or are they then going to be allowed to uh, focus solely on the Serie A with uh, the derby literally falling just days after uh, the second leg? Yeah, and I think that they're going to ultimately pay the price for that. I, I, do, <laughs> I, I do think Frankfurt goes through, and I think uh, I think at the San Siro, I, I can see a 1-1 draw or a 2-2 draw. Um but regardless, I think Inter loses on the road and uh, they draw at home. That's that's what I'm going with. And you know what? This, if you look at the round of 16, this has to be the most interesting tie because, you know, all it, these are the only two teams that were drawn against each other that you look at at actually having a realistic, both of them having a realistic opportunity to maybe win this competition. I know we're still early on and in the early stages, but um, compared to the other teams and the other ties, I mean, all the big boys got pretty favorable draws for the most part and of course there's always upsets and shocks especially in the Europa League so we'll see what goes on but uh, I do think you're going to see Frankfurt uh, in the round or the quarterfinals well I will say this much for this area I do think that Red Bull Salzburg will be a little bit more of a starter test than some people make it out to be they did after all make the semifinals so but yeah, I think um, in the same I'm in the same boat as you. I think that the Eintracht will be moving on into the Europa League knockout phase. It's just a question of who they then get because once the draw then comes out, uh, for those who are kind of unawares, uh, the draw will be held on the 15th, and so they'll have the quarterfinal, the draw for the quarterfinals, and then pair up who will then also be uh, meeting up in the semifinals should those teams then win their own ties. So quite an interesting time ahead for both clubs. Marco, thank you very much for coming on the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. Uh, Here's a platform for you to kind of, where can we find uh, your writings and your uh, social media work? Yeah, I am at Kubani7 on Twitter. You can uh, definitely check me out at Stereo City. Yeah, we're currently on a little bit of a break because we're coming up with something pretty, pretty big uh, in the spring that we're really excited to launch. So we've decided to flip the switch a bit and keep an eye out for that at Stereo City yeah, on Twitter. And then uh, Soccer360, the magazine, you can catch a ton of my writing there. So um, always a pleasure coming on, coming on and always a pleasure talking to you, Brian. I love it. <laughs> love love you joining us, Marco. Thank you very much. And once again, we'd like to thank Marco for joining us on Hey Eintracht Frankfurt to get us the lowdown on everything that's been going on with the Serie A team that is Inter Milan. So, ways that you can uh, catch this match uh, in the United States. So, BR Live, Bleacher Report Live, the app there. Uh, you can stream that from laptops, connect it to uh, HDMI cable, and attach that to literally any TV. Have done so. It has worked. Uh, you have the option of purchasing it on a match-by-match basis for $3. Uh, monthly service streaming fee of $10. And there's more that kind of comes besides, uh, including uh, all the Europa League matches and the Champions League and some other random leagues that... Uh, People might or might not have heard of, you know, Scotland, 
<laughs> uh, for any Scottish listener, um, it's just kind of strange that how uh, the Scottish Premiership and in addition to uh, the Belgian First Division are also included on there. Uh, kind of wide variety, needless to say. But other ways that you can uh, pay attention to it, uh, Univision is another partner. They have their streaming service. They'll be showing that. And Unimas uh, will be showing that live on television. So if you happen to be in a certain part of the country where uh, uh, Mexican restaurants that carry that channel are available, uh, just have them turn it over to Unimas, and they'll be showing it live in the United States of America. Um, in Germany, that's uh, DAZN that's streaming it. In the United Kingdom, and uh, Canada, they're going to be showing that as well. The United Kingdom has BT Sport, ESPN, BT Sport Live. And north of the border for me, which is Canada, happens to be showing it on DAZN as well. Uh, if anyone else is looking to try and find a stream uh, or advises accordingly, um, just reach out to me. Uh, DAZN is also going to be shown in uh, Japan and a couple other countries as well. So, that all being said, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for episode 85 of the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt podcast. We love bringing it to you guys every week. Uh, email the show. That is Frankfurt at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. That is www.facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod, where all sorts of English news about the Eintracht can be found in addition to new episode drops and contests that occur from time to time. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at uh, H-E-F pod and follow me at, at KCSG. So from all of us here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, let's hope that we kick the tar out of uh, Inter Milan. And until then, cheers.